space, final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And hosting us yet again is Dr. Squee. Excelsior! <laughs> and we're, we're here to talk about this time we've finally reached the finale. Uh, I was going to say Deep Space Nine then, but no, I'm going back many years there. Uh, Discovery <laughs> even, the, the fin- season three finale <laughs> of Discovery. If you just came to the finale of Deep Space Nine, you're way behind Jim. Yeah, yeah, there's going to yeah. be some major spoilers uh, for the next, like, thousand years of Federation history or whatever <laughs> in this one, but... No, 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 I, I, I'm, all, I'm all caught up. I've seen all the, all the other stuff they did since then. But yeah, so this is... As we speculated last week, they did change the name of this one from outside to That Hope Is You Part 2. Um... Which made sense, because otherwise there'd have been the part one hanging there. So I I would guess they always meant to call it this. So I don't know why they went with the whole misinformation, like, well... Yeah. <coughs> it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I, 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 I just, I don't know, I thought it was a bit of a... Um, I wonder say, if it's... It was a bit of a wanky title anyway, and then having <laughs> this gap thing, it just seemed weird to me. I wonder if it's like um, how movies have a different working title than what they're going to be called. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. If we get if we if we've seen the working title early on, and then when it actually comes out, no, this is what it's actually called. Yeah, it could be. Um, I wonder if that's what's happening. But, but you f- think this time, especially, seems they've had like an extra year to sort out, like or an extra six months at least to sort out the titles. They could have got them down in the meat. Well, yeah. <laughs> See, I think they did. I think it was deliberate that they misled us as to what the titles were, but it it, it wasn't like. You, you could understand them doing it if the name of the episode was a massive spoiler for what was going to happen. So if this yeah, like, episode uh, had been... The death come, of Saru. Or yeah, something like, something that. like, like that. Unification Part 3 was a biggie. Yeah, well, but, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't a, like, a spoiler. Like, you know, it got us all sort of speculating as to what might happen. But, but yeah, like Elliot says, it's not like it's called The Return of Asira or, you know whatever but anyway it's called that hope is you part two so you see if they hadn't have already done unification three this would be the longest gap between parts of a star trek story <laughs> but well, it's gonna know, take some beating okay they didn't do it by name but like that one where they had the um if memory serves that was a pretty long burn yeah true yeah. true <laughs> Um, so this one's, they've brought, like, the these seem to be, like, the A-team. So it's Olatunde, Osun Sami directing, who did the season opener, did the season finale last year. Seems to be the go-to director for the big episodes. And written by Michelle Paradise, the showrunner. As you would expect, usually the, fin- oh, the, the first episode and the finale are usually written by the showrunners. Um, so, yeah. Should we just dive into it? You, you say the showrunner. Have you checked that it hasn't changed since? Because, you know, they like to mix up their showrunners in this one. She was the showrunner at the time this episode was made. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Especially if... Right... Us, she's still got the job. 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially if Brian Fuller's involved, because um, I, I know obviously he was uh, created Discovery and was going to be the showrunner and then wasn't, but I was just reading today that American Gods has come back and that's on its third showrunner in as many seasons and that's another one that he, he departed from. Um, interesting guy, Brian Fuller. Like, uh, there was um, an interview with him on... Uh, the King Cast, which is a Stephen King podcast, which I'd highly recommend for anyone who's a fan of Stephen King. Uh, they also had Will Wheaton on recently, and that was a really interesting episode. So lots of interesting stuff to check out there. But, yeah, Brian Fuller, they were talking to him, and they were like, so what have you got in the pipeline, Brian? And he was like, well, you know, after the last few years, I've left a lot of projects, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really going to try and stick with a project now and see something through, so... There you go. Anyway. I tell you, the, the, with Discovery, it, it is against the odds that it's as good as it is, given how many kind of like turmoil there's been of showrunners and different changes. Yeah. The yeah, things. I think it, so. It, 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 yeah. That would usually meet, that would usually spell problems for a show, and they usually would not come out good if, if they'd have so many line, lineup changes behind the scenes, but um, they seem to get away with it. Yeah, they do seem to be doing it so far. I mean, we'll, we'll find like, out. To be, fair, to be fair, though, they brought in Kurtzman very early on, didn't they, before yeah. they even got into proper production? I think Kurtzman's, he's sort of like the Kevin Feige of. Yeah. The Star Trek universe. So I think whoever the showrunner is, I think Kurtzman's got a bit of a... He's lording over it all. But but yeah, certainly if you just read all the backstage stuff, you'd think, well, this must be an utter, utter train wreck. And I mean, it, it might actually work in their favours because one thing I do notice is each series, it seems to be its own... Like, you could almost enclose it into a story yeah. per series. But it does still always feel like a piece. So maybe him working behind the scenes is what keeps that that way. Yeah, it's um, it has reinvented itself. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but well, season four is going to be very different as well. So um, yeah, so let's let's dig into the the episode then. Um, so we go straight back to the planet, the Dilithium planet, which I still don't I don't think we named it. Um, but obviously we, we had a break from that last week and we didn't see any of the away team or anything. And so we're straight back in and we get sort of reacquainted with them. And there's a Gormangander. They, they love the Gormangander as a creation, don't they? It's always, it's referenced here, there and everywhere. And, you know, they're clearly very happy with that they've added the Gormangander to Star Trek lore because we have to keep referencing it and... It's it's the longest ever species on the endangered species list, apparently. Oh, nice. Is it, yeah, but but they don't tell us whether it still is. So maybe it's not. Maybe. Well, I'm I'm going to assume that it still is. Hmm. I like. Yeah, I'm going to assume that it's still an endangered species. Because we knew it was back it, in season one, didn't we? Because Lorca wasn't happy that they had to go rescue it yeah. because it was on the endangered species list. Is it so. kind of like the panda of Star Trek? Like, it's it's always in danger of dying out, but we won't stop, let Maybe. those buggers go. We're, we're going to keep on trying to bring these gormaganders. I mean, see, this, this, is, this is the problem, and I don't know if anyone's sort of had this as a theory or anything yet, but... You know how people like to moan about how Discovery introduces things in the past and it doesn't square with the future and 
they don't like how it changes canon and all of this. So, Discovery tells us that there's a species of space whales that fly around in space, jump forward 100 years or 50 years or whatever to Star Trek IV, and this big probe turns up on Earth sending out whale song and no one goes, I bet it's bloody Gormaganders. Because <laughs> you would, you'd think, well, hang on. But and it, maybe that's gonna be maybe that's the plot of the next season. We finally find out what the probe from Star Trek Four was, and it's all connected to the Gormaganders. You never know. You never know. Um, so yeah, and now another detail we get in this bit, which I missed the first time, is that the when Sukal had his little outburst last week, and they had the the mini burn. Uh, they say it's damaged the ship's hull that they're on. And I missed that the first time round. And I was... It was one of them things that were nagging me. I was like, yeah, I get the doing it for dramatic tension and everything. But it's a bit funny that right now is when the ship decides it's going to blow up. And, it, you know. But, you know, it's in there. It's just <coughs> me me that missed it. So. And it's, it's pretty neatly threaded that uh, if he was the cause of it, and it was because of stress, these people, the first people he's seen in so long turning up would cause that. And then, yeah, it's, it's pretty nicely yeah. threaded yeah, together. I'm... You can't floor it for that kind of plotting. No, I I don't mind at all the explanation for the burn. That... Well, Culber ex- explains why it's about him, doesn't he? Yeah, it? exactly. And I must admit, when they go into it, though, man, do they... Oh, they they are not afraid of technobabble in this episode. That was no. proper, like... It was dense as fuck. I'm sorry, you could not cut that techno bubble with a knife. Yeah. Data would have been blushing, going, "Oh, a bit much, lads." Yeah, it, it was techno bubbly, but it had to be, really, didn't it? But it had to um, be techno, techno bubbly, and they kept it away from being magic. Just. I mean, to be honest, too, and they it, kept it, it away so from t- it being <laughs> discovery that caused it. They did do that. that. They did it. do yeah, that. Yeah. So give them that. I'm with that. I'm with that. But at that moment, I was almost going it's like. You know what? That that they this they're using so many words. I would just be happy if they go. It was magic. <laughs> you know, well, like, there was almost a bit of me. <laughs> You're probably right. It's probably better, but it was just so thick. It more or less was. I mean, it was the it's, thing. It was and... thicker than Liam Neeson's cock. <laughs> and it 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 vibrated in subspace, and it, yeah, yeah. The the only yeah, th- he, he screamed at just the right frequency. And yeah, he's got a genetic disorder where he adapts to his now, surroundings, so... The only issue I had with it is they, they leaned quite heavily on the... It was the noise of him screaming. It's like, what if he'd stubbed his toe or something, you know? Or <laughs> yeah. What if, like... What a way for the universe to go. Yeah, like, what if one of these hollow programs were like, you know, I am the program that teaches you to sing Klingon opera. I didn't know if it had started... Yeah, screaming out these songs. That could have buggered everything, but I I think it's because of the emotion and it was the Yeah. That was what did it. But um I just can't imagine though, it's like yeah well, I can imagine like all these years of us trying to justify it's like you know, Star Trek, I know it gets this rep of being a bit a bit technobabble, a bit too kind of like they go to a bit too deep into the science and the kind of like pseudoscience and everything, but come on. In this modern day and age, they made it really accessible for everyone. Sit down and watch this as, in, in episode, for instance. Anyone who watches this one, they're going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's a tricky line to like, walk, isn't it? Like, to be fair, I, 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 I can, I can buy 
I can buy the excuse for it. They've they've come up with a workable reason for how it happened. Yeah, I'm so good I'm, with it. I'm happy with that. Now, and, and uh, in all fairness, for for a minute of just pure dialogue of trying to explain it, yeah. like solid with words, for the rest of the episode to go, I'm okay. With it. I I joke, but it was it, yeah. This was a big example of that. Yeah, and. Adira beams down, and Elliot, you must have thought that all your predictions were coming true because I she's know. she she looks like a Zion, if I pronounced it pronounced that right. Exactly. So I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. It's X A H A E N. Whatever it is, it's Queen Pearl. Yeah, that, that's how I would have pronounced it. It's they <laughs> yeah, look it's Queen like Pearl species. They look like a Queen Pearl when they beam down. So you must have thought. Oh, Finally, I know. I've got it. We, we don't this is get... why I used to use Paul, my friend Paul G. When I used to do um, my Dog's Hate podcast, I'd have him on and I'd get him to read out all the episode descriptions and like cast names so I didn't have to. And, like, I'd throw him <laughs> right on that grenade. I think that's reasonable, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Grey's Visible, which is the big... Yeah, now this is the bit thing. where I'm wondering... Are we going back towards magic? I like. I want. Yeah. I, I know that that's something no, they left I, hanging. No, I think. I think it was explained enough. The holoprogrammers being able to scan him as being part of the demon <laughs> has sort of separated them. Yeah. I, I'm giving it a buy. I'm letting I it go. I don't feel like it's been explained yet. If they're going to explain something else later about it, that's well, how I felt we're at. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I thought. Within the context of this episode, I thought it was explained enough how Grey can have a form here. And I think yeah. it's basically that whatever Grey is, which we still don't really know, yeah. but Grey exists as, as a consciousness that is separate from Adira. And the hollow thing has registered that when they've beamed down and has extrapolated them out as two people. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It depends on what they're explaining that he is well, later. So if well, they're yeah. saying so, that he is just partly based on memory, which, like, you know, Trills were in the past, but somehow he's just a well, bigger presence. Yeah, then, but let's also bear in mind that we're looking at holographic technology here that's 800 years more advanced than what we've previously seen in Star Trek with the next generation. Yeah, I... So... I, I like th- by that token, then, because as far as I understand, trolls, yes, okay, you've got and scan- with and scanning and, you... and all sorts. So, but it, it depends on what they're saying. A symbiote, so basically, as, as I understand, so you've got symbiont, which has the memories of those other people, and you've got the person. If they're saying all troll symbionts can be read in this way, that's fair enough. Then, then one could assume you could have the other presences of the other um, troll hosts. I've, I've got a feeling it's because well. he's. Is so prominent how it's done it. <clears throat> yeah, I think I just, it's. I, I there's don't... something that we don't know yet about how he is so prominent. How he's a bit. Yeah, a, I a think great the way that he does. That's why I. And it's all. Yeah. it's all tied into that. Yeah, great is something it, I don't different. I don't think it'd work with a normal trill. No, I don't think but it would. I think. I think just work on the deer in a unique situation with Grey. Yeah, I think Grey is a separate entity to some degree. And you're right, we don't know to what degree yet. But we have to accept that 
he is separate enough for this system to to register that. I think that's what I want. I think I want more. Like so. Oh, and I think we're going to get gonna, that. If, oh. they're, if they're going to say if this, they're going to say this is what it is. Is just like because he's more. He just is. Well, then that's Gordon, not enough. If like, they then in the next series go on to look, explain it more, fair enough. Well, they do say that. Culber does say later in the episode, don't they, that we will look into yeah. how we can make it, how we can get him back all the time. Yeah. Now that we know that Hollow has done this, we can, we know the technology is in this century that we mm. now. So we can look into doing it on a permanent basis. And that would probably bring him in as a regular cast member in the same sort of way as yeah, we yeah, have I the Doctor so. in Voyager. I, I think that's the thing for me. I, I, you know, it depends on what they say next. Like, yeah, if, oh, yeah. if there's more yeah. explanation, great. If they're just going because magic, no, I think that's yeah. going to be I, a big act. I don't arc. think it's just because of magic. I think it's going to be I, a big act next I, season. I think Culber has an even better techno babble line coming up next season. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Stamets might throw say? a little bit in as well to help. <laughs> James, what were you going to say about it? No, I, I was agreeing. I think, yeah, I think we're going to get a big story arc next season with you know, the search for Grey almost, and we're going to explore <laughs> what Grey is and how we bring him back and all of this business. But at the moment, he's rocking a Vulcan do and everything. And I like, I like how happy Culber is to see him. Like, it, it again adds to this idea that Culber is treating Adira as his child and, you know, he's yeah. he, he's just absolutely made up that Grey has appeared and, you know, you do have kind eyes and he's just so happy. And I think that's brilliant. It's just, I know they're not... There's no... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry, you were still... I was going to say, like, I, I know we've only sort of touched on this idea that Culber and Stamets are like an ersatz to Adira, but I think that really comes across with how Culber treats Grey, and I think that's lovely. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I love their family dynamic. The only thing, like I said last week, is I just wish they'd uh, spent the time to flesh that out as opposed to just jumping to it. That's the only thing. Yeah. Like, it's a lovely... I, I think they would be a wonderful family for... for yeah, going forward, and I love that it added the tension to, um, you know, last week with Stem and everything. But just, just I, I wish they pulled the taffy on a bit more, given a bit more time. I, I think there's been so much going on this season, and they've introduced yeah. these new characters, and because there has been so much going on, we've not had the time to explore them. And let's be really honest here: Discovery isn't very good at exploring characters. Yes. It is yeah, given, certain given characters, but not, yeah, not, it, it's Let's extended it. cast, not so much. It is exciting with all the action and everything they put in, but they need to take a bit more time, give more time to mm -hmm. these characterful moments, give yeah. more time to getting to know characters and, you know. Well, the, Michelle, um, Michelle yeah. Paradise was brought in because she's supposed to be a really top character writer. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that. I think they've had like big plans for season three before she's been brought in sort of at the end of season two when they're going forward in time. There's already been big plans in place for season three. Yeah. So she's sort of been able to introduce people but not do the big work on them. Yeah. And I've got a feeling going into season four that we might have a lot more character development 
yeah, coming se- on. Season three had a lot yeah. of work I, I've got to feel, do. Like how it sort of ends, like it could go totally a different way, but it's almost set up that you could go almost episodic. Yeah, certainly you could. In season four. So you could have a lot of really good character development episodes. I mean, it's like someone who's got really good ideas, but it's almost like kids describing them. And then they're in the future. And then there's this, yeah. this woman. This woman, but it's not one. It's a they. And and they've got this uh, partner who yes, but you can see the partner, but but no one else can see it, but they can see it. And it's it's just it's that. It's like just slow down. You've got a great story idea. Tell us it. We want yeah. to hear it. It's great. Yeah. But you could have done everything that happened in this series over two series. And yeah, it you could have, have done. Felt slow. Yeah, absolutely. Now, another thing um, about this idea of Grey being made corporeal, and I don't want to bring the tone down, but if you'd been dead and you thought that you were only going to be able to appear to your partner as... Uh, memory, hologram, imaginary friend, whatever, and then you beam down to a planet and all of a sudden you've got a body again, I just think there might have been other things they, they might have been wanting to do rather than just mooch around with Culber. Time and place, Jim. There yeah. were, are they? A, an exploding ship which is yeah, a I'm... world with this guy. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you want to, but... Just saying. Anyway. When they bring him back in season four, they can get down and do right, it. Right, we'll see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, also, I want to... Oh, J- James, I don't think we will see that. I don't think they're going to show No, us. maybe not. Uh, <laughs> unless it goes to, like, CBS All Access After Dark or something, which you never know. You never know if the ratings plummet. Um, so, I want to point this out at this stage so I don't just keep coming back to this. And it does settle down, but... Early on in this episode, there is a lot of spinny camera going on. We've got the camera doing 360s and things are upside down and things are on the side. And, you know, yeah, it can look dynamic, it can look dramatic, but I think they overdid it a little bit, particularly in the early going in this episode. It just every time it looked like the... Like that bit in Inception where Joseph Gordon-Lovitz in the corridor and it's just all... I don't know. I thought they they overdid it a wee bit. I think you guys got it right last week. I think the fact that they did the redesign this series so they could have more shots, I think they just like they felt like they were in a sweet shop and maybe they could have dialed it back a bit. I did love the snacky shots of going through the ship. Yeah, yeah. It was kind well, of cool. we'll but get on to the ship. There was a bit, bit much of it, I think. You're probably right. It's like lens flare. <clears throat> they enjoyed yeah. it a bit too much. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the the ship and the geography of the ship, I'm sure, a little bit later on. Uh, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so before we get there, we've got a little bit of action. We've got uh, Voyager and all the other ships are attacking Discovery and there's more spinny camera. And Osiris... And, and we still don't get a really good view of any of these ships. No, we don't. It's yep. true. It's There's one true. thing, like for, for everything they were doing, they couldn't spend some time in a big, big snappy no, space battle. Like even when we got um, the Navar came in, we don't see their ships yeah, very well. Yeah, we didn't see them uh, at all. I I've been really, really annoyed about this, and I'm I've got a theory why we're seeing it like this, and I think they're trying to be really realistic with the lighting. So mm. the in space and there's not a lot of light. Mm-hmm. 
So you don't see a lot of the surfaces. And I think they're trying to be real, really realistic. And we used to see in models with uh, lighting on them, actual physical models, lighting on them, and then the cameras. So we see all this beautiful detail. And now they're doing it in a computer. They've gone, oh, we're in space. Let's style the light right down to realistic <laughs> light levels and all that. It'll look really, really realistic. I and think... It looks really, really realistic, but it's not what we want, how we want it to look. Yeah, I think it's does more... Does that make sense? That... It does make sense. Um, but I'm a bit more cynical. I think it's a bit more we don't want to pay people to render these really nice detailed ships when we can get away with a, a low-res shot in the distance sort of thing. Yeah, it's like it's almost like I know Star Trek as a whole has more been about like the uh, diplomacy in space. That's you know and the vision of it and everything. But even in the original series, you ha- you saw the ships. You saw like a yeah, you know it was a really exciting mm. episode where you got to see a new ship in in Star Trek the original series. And yeah, the original like series that. when he had two, when he had a second ship on it. Wow, two spaceships. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it was so exciting. And and why, when we're in the time. In the in the <coughs> years in in our literal time, not just in theirs, of being able to see some wonderful spaceships. Why not just show us? Isn't that? I know. Isn't that the kind of excitement of it? It is. Yeah. I think we should see a lot more of it. I, but... I think I, I I think they were a lot better in it in season one when they did Battle of Binary Stars. That you looked did a, get lot a lot more spa- space ba- battle than what we you got almost, here. You almost feel like it's. Where they've, you know, with the, the crew, the, the main focus always has to be Burnham, even when the script doesn't really call for it. It's almost like the main ship has to be Discovery, even when you want to see other ships and the, yeah. the, the plot calls Yeah, the maybe so. It's Yeah, it is a shame we don't get to see more of them. And they do things like the release, um, like on the websites and stuff, you can see the renders of the ships, and it's like, yeah, but I want to see it on screen. Never mind having to yeah. Google it the next day. But hey, anyway, come on, you, you throw out to me that you've got a Discovery out, or oh, sorry, a Voyager out there. I want to see that. That that's one of the ships which was a hero ship in the series. Yeah, of course, I want to see the yeah. uh, future iteration of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to I see a glot. I want to like everyone goes on about how slow that. The scene is in the motion picture when we get the glory shot <laughs> of the Enterprise. But don't we all love the glory shot of the Enterprise in the motion picture? Still? Oh, yeah, it's great. But, but after I mean, the first five minutes, it loses its uh, sheen. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do that every episode because no, you couldn't that, do that would episode, be your whole episode. That, I, I think that's the point that we're trying to make. That yeah. we, we love seeing the spaceships and we want to see the spaceships in all the glory. Oh, yeah. They'd definitely like to see more of them. I mean, to be honest, with you, no, like you know, it's so rare to get a big group of Star Trek fans agreeing on everything. Everything. I bet if you listen to any of the Star Trek podcasts this week, everyone yes. will mention that. Yeah. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Um. So back on the ship, then we've got, and I thought this was a little bit not disappointing, but it wrapped up maybe a bit too quickly. Like we finished last episode with everybody tooling up and getting all the guns and the dots turn up and they're going to help <laughs> and off we go and then it's all sort of more or less done in the pre-titles thing that we have Tilly and the dots and they're fighting the way through the ship but then they they turn off the life support and that 
yes, it sets them up for what's going to happen with the rest of the episode. Uh, but maybe a little bit. But it like, almost takes them out of the episode. Yeah, kind of like wanting to see more of the ships. I wanted to see more of the, you know, more of the trying to take back the the ship. Now, wouldn't it have been nice this episode if the crew had taken back Discovery instead of relying on Burnham to do it? Yeah, well, I mean, did... get, with what you're saying, like, it's another thing of where they've thrown so much at the episode, we don't have the time to pull the taffy on anything. Yes, exactly. That's it. And yeah, this this could quite easily be in a two parter. Like the last two episodes could <laughs> yeah. quite easily been stretched out. Oh yeah, to fr- Three episodes and fill in some of these bits and pieces. And this is your problem with having a 13-episode season. And Discovery's sort of come, not come a cropper with it, but if you look at the structure of each of the three seasons, they start off for roughly the first half of the season, telling more or less standalone stories. They're still nudging forward a main arc plot. But they're largely standalone. And then you get to a tipping point and all of a sudden the art plot kicks in. And the second half of the season's more or less serialised. And it it does leave you, like we've said, you know, in this situation where you're not necessarily getting to do as much as you want to do. Like, if you go back to the start of this season, we had a great character episode for Adira, and I think that was one of the highlights of the season, was the first episode that really focused on Adira, and they went back to the Trill home world, and you got flashbacks to their life and everything, and that was great, but it's almost like, because they're committing to this serialised nature, that an episode like that can't exist in the second half of the season, because it's all hands to the pump to get the story told and get the story wrapped up. And I, I get that there's only so much you can do with 13 episodes, but it is a bit of a shame that well, we, maybe we you don't, don't get have to the jailbreak the episode, or maybe you don't have the one where they go back to Buck's planet. Oh yeah. They were the two really to cut. do anything for an episode. Yeah. If you were going to cut episodes this season, those were the yeah. two. <laughs> definitely. They, they like, were I enjoyed the, the prison break. break episode, but, but again, Bugs Planet, Bugs Planet, there was no need for that. They were when, they were when, oh, I, I would be in the jailbreak one first of all. <laughs> you know my feelings. But they, that was when we were in the first half of the season and we're trying to do this, let's tell a different story each week. And if you've got the luxury of 26 episodes a season, go go for it. You know, do, yeah. do these episodes about jailbreaks and Bugs Planet and stuff. But when you've only got 13, yeah, we can, we can chop and them you, out. And you've done, and you've done a mass, and you've got a massive story to fit in. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the irony is, like in the original series, no matter which show you go for of the uh, other Star Treks, let's face it, any series could have lost a few episodes. Oh yeah, there are a few ones which are duds in any yeah. series, and that's going to be the case when you've got twenty six hours of TV, or however many persons yeah. to to deal with. But this has enough plot where I think you could actually probably get twenty six episodes worth without. <laughs> feeling like there was any uh, filler. Yeah, or you could easily have half the season just devoted to the ongoing story well, and half the season nice standalone episodes that get to do a bit more character. We and... could have carried it on into season four the parts of this story. Could have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to end instead it at of the end of the to, Instead of having... And they have quite literally 
wrapped everything up in in this episode, and there was a lot to wrap up in. Yeah, there was. And overall, I think it did a pretty good job. Like when we came out of that George O two part, and we were saying, "There's no way they're going to be able to wrap everything up by the end of the season." And obviously, we'll get to a few of the ins and outs of it later on. But I don't think they did a bad job at all. I well, I really I mean... loved this episode, but. I mean, the suffocation thing, I don't know how much you want to get into it at this point because it does happen over quite a bit of time, them suffocating. It does, yeah. My, I might have suggested almost too much because, like, I do like the fact that... I, I love the fact that she is the bad guy, wants to torture them, she doesn't want to make it quick on them. She wants them to die slowly and painfully. Yeah, she's, got, she's just them. turned off... All she's done is turned off life support on their deck. She hasn't yeah. sort of it out. altered it and sucked the air out. But it's just the fact that, I mean, they take their sweet time, kind of like, and and even when the air's out and they like must be getting some ill effects of it, just as soon as the air comes back on, they're like right back up and go, okay, we better get going. Like no ill effects. Well, that's yeah. the way it works, though, in TV land, you know. Like, um, I've got a big bugbear at the moment about. Um, the way you have characters who are in a coma and they just stand up. And I'm like, no, because, you know, I, I was in a coma. Why would that uh, bother you, James? Well, you know, I was I was in a coma about two years ago. And I can tell you, you can't stand <laughs> up. It's your legs atrophy. But, but I get it that for TV, of course, you've got to be able to... To move it on quicker, things. but it's one you of those must love things. Kill Bill. It's one of the, the few times they've realistically done that. When she yeah. wakes up, it's hard. It's difficult. It's great. Yeah, but absolutely. With this one, all I wanted was a MacGuffin, though. All you need is like we are nine hundred years in the future, and we're already in the future with Star Trek. So why not just have someone come around? We're like, oh, here's your anti-asphyxiation yeah. pill for, well, or you know, hypo. We get a what, bit of a like MacGuffin. We get adding air to your west. Yeah, just give him something. You know, it doesn't have to be that you've well got, scientific out. Just, yeah, not you've got Owo, who we find out can hold a breath for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, but only because yeah. she used to go abalone diving, which is yeah, fair enough. because she was then from got, a... Then they do do that. She was from a Luddite also, community. And also, because of that, apparently, she can afford to stand around for a minute looking around going... Oh, you guys are great. I know I should be hurrying because your life's literally escape. <laughs> but I will just have a little look, longing look around you and just say how much I love you for a minute. You've can. got the time, haven't you? Of course. Of course you have. And she proved that you did. Did anyone yeah. else think, as soon as we got that little tidbit of Owo's backstory, I just thought, well, she's dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're I giving us I something about her. The, she the, is gone. The, they teased this a few times this episode. Someone's dying, and no, and it, in a way, it's a bit disappointing. Like they set it up beautifully <laughs> last week for someone to get get killed, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And to be honest, it would have been better. It would have felt better to me that there was a consequence of having all the air sucked out. Like it just, it like, seemed unrealistic. There'd be that, no consequence from this. I wonder if that war war. Will be up for insubordination for disobeying direct orders. That if anyone yeah, falls, that if anyone it. falls, you just keep going. <laughs> yeah, true. Which is a direct <laughs> order she was given by Tilly last week. True. She, did, I mean... she took a she took a minute instead looking around, telling them all how she loved them. Can we just <laughs> say though, 
if you go back to TNG and the episode where Deanna wants to pass the bridge officer's exam and the big test of it is can you send an officer to their death? And so Tilly proves that, you know, I know we've had our critiques of Tilly being promoted to first officer, but she shows she's got the metal to do that at least in this episode. We never questioned that she couldn't do it. It's just the rank thing. Yes, of course. I think yeah. is the thing, always the sticking point. I mean, I just... Again, we are left with a situation, though, where all these lives are at stake. And other than Tilly, I'm like, oh, yeah, those guys, we've kind of met a bit. You know, I just don't... Oh, I'm not yeah. as Come invested on. as I want to be. Were you not invested in random brunette woman who... To my knowledge, has never been on the show before. Uh, no, I think we've seen her a few times. Who is but she? I, I Why can't is recall... she in this episode? No, I'm sure that we've had her before. What? what yeah, but if she... you even have to question it, it's not good that we're investing. Yeah, that three, year, three get... years into this show, we're not sure if she is a bridge officer or not. She gets one yeah. line, and I, I think maybe this was meant to be original Arium, whatever she's called, her character, because at least we know we've seen her character before, but she's nowhere to be seen for the whole of the episode until right at the end she pops up. But So I'm wondering, maybe was she, not, the actress, not available, and so they wrote in this other character. But you know what? Just don't bother writing in this other character because <coughs> it, she's literally a nobody. She... The only thing it, I thought she would be use of is if Tilly had have gone, right, no namer, you can go drop the bomb off. <laughs> but Richard. Yeah, that's literally what she is. She I, I, mean, I have no, no idea. I bet if you I bet if you watch this season back, you'll see her on the bridge nearly all season. Maybe. But this is I the mean, problem do... that we don't know the three years in and we don't yeah. know the bridge officers. And it's worth adding, it's nothing to do with any of the quality of acting from any of these people. They're no. great, but just they just don't get given the time. No, no, yeah, exactly. They're all good, but it's just not, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it jumps around a lot, this episode. So, uh, if I miss anything, just pull me up on it. But um, we get the thing of Michael appeals to Admiral Silver Daddy Bear. She's like, I'll have a word... And I'll get yeah. this. And it's, trust me, trust us. Well, Osiris yeah. got some weapon that she's going to fire. Yeah. That's going to actually kill all of them. Any, kill all of them. Yeah. So she's yeah, stopping but, that I mean, being they, fired. That's the thing. That's the thing. That should have been the threat. That should have been why he allows it to happen. That is not how it's played out. She just goes, trust me. And looks in the yeah. camera. And think of it from Animal Silver Daddy Bear's point of view. He has previously busted her down. Right. Well, okay, he didn't directly do it, but he, yeah. he left Rue to do that. But he wanted her all he's seen what is, he'd done. All he's seen then, is an insubordinate officer. Yeah. And what's he do, guys? Ha, swipe the screen, go on then. I, I don't buy that at all. And the yeah. explanation later, I don't buy. No. I mean, I'm sort of halfway there. I, I think... There is a thing within Starfleet generally that there is this trust and it's if there's any if I can give my officers any leeway whatsoever and there's any chance I'll let them ooh, try it. Oh, you say this, and... but how many like let's go to the next generation. 
how many of those admirals usually kind of trusted Picard with stuff oh. just implicitly like that? Well, they were all evil, though. <laughs> so you yeah, can, that, you've got that, to remember... This is true. Next-gen admirals were evil. Admiral Silver Daddy Bear is the first admirals. admiral who is not evil ever in all Let's of Star it, Trek. It was all, all next-generation era. <laughs> Yeah. Admiral, so DS9, Voyager, all the evil admirals. Yeah, even, like, I used to... I'd remembered uh, Admiral Ross from DS9 being a good guy, but then I rewatched it, and he's actually working with Section 31 in one episode, yeah. so even he's not above reproach. But, so, <clears throat> yeah, it does... Yeah, it's another one of those sort of Michael moments where we're just asked to accept because it's Michael, everything will work. Yeah, not earned at all. No, it's not. But um, this is so... my this is my point. We could have this episode. You've got all the crew, and they've they're sort of doing the breakout. And instead of having them the life support cut off and them cut off on one deck, you could have had them as being the heroes who rescue Michael and rescue the ship. I mean, even then, I, I would actually like to give it to you, Elliot. What you were saying, it would make a lot more sense. And I actually even thought this at the time. Why not just have the um, Osiris saying, well, if you don't do this, I'll just unleash this plague, which will yeah. kill you all anyway. And that's the reason. That's a lot yeah. better motivation. It makes yeah. it more clear. And then, you know, maybe then you have Michael saying, look, you can trust me. I've got this. And then he does it. I think... Then it still has that element of trust. Yeah. But it's a bit more of a good reason for him to do it. I think a lot of it is that he doesn't want to lose the spore drive. And it's, well, if there is a chance that they can retake the ship, then I've got Stamets, so they can't use it at the moment. So there's a bit more time. Well, And he does send... He does send the Don't fleet with them. Don't you think maybe while, while it had its three months refit, that they maybe did scans of the spore drive so You'd they have could build so. one? You'd have thought so. You'd have thought so. could build one. And they've got the critical component of Stamets. So let this, so blow Discovery up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> well, they, they should have had... <laughs> even though no, they... But, you're right, because even though they've not got anyone... Even though they can't duplicate it working... Yeah, you can still have one that... He's ready yeah. to go. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you can still have it built. You just haven't got that the second critical component of, of a second stamina. Well, absolutely, yeah. No, you're right. That's what they should have done. He should have gone, yeah, I've got hundreds of them here and just yeah, blown it up. I can build, yeah, I can build them, no problem. Right. And I've got stamina. Right, give yeah, me the prefix fire, code. Fire it will, blood. Yeah, in fact, in don't reality, even fire. When, don't waste your fucking torpedoes. When all Starfleet ships are firing on Discovery, it should have lasted about five seconds. You'd have thought so, yeah. And that's true enough. <laughs> yeah, especially in such a confined... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, where yeah, are we? Gone, yeah, blow it up. Get rid of the siren, blow up the stuff, <laughs> no problem. So, um, a little bit then with Saru. And I love all the scenes where he's talking to Sakal and he's trying to get through to right. him. And... He's explaining why the Federation didn't come for him. Uh, I just think all of that's really, really good. Really great. I mean, the, the way he plays it, so that it's got that urgency, but that compassion, and he's like, yeah. he, he understands he's got to rush it, but he can't. Yeah. And to play those two things, Doug Jones just plays it. He does, he nails it. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, What else is going on? Oh, the, the science guy. 
Uh, so we get this bit with the the truth collar, and uh, which reminds me of Masters of the Universe, where Evelyn had that truth collar <laughs> that she she put on Tom Paris. In fact, didn't she? In that one. Yeah. So um, I like again. It shows like Asira has just totally gone the other way. Like she's abandoned this. Let's be diplomatic. It's just I'm back to being a, a nasty, nasty villain now. And she like chokes him out and all this and. This is good because we were talking last week. Like, it, there's obviously this disconnect between what the science guy thinks Asira is and what she actually is, and we're seeing that sort of come to fruition here. And uh, there's some quite good stuff, I think, with um, with Michael, like where Asira says it's a no-win situation, and much like Captain Kirk, Michael says she doesn't believe in it, and. So yeah, I, do I don't. Think, yeah, she says I don't believe in the no-win situation. Yeah, I don't believe in those, and yeah, it, she stages like a you know she rescues book and all that. But what I didn't get is oh sorry sorry the rescuing book bit. Yeah. So are you can get into that or are you? I was going to get into that. that. Yeah. 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 Go so on. I think you might be saying the same thing. She goes uh, raises the quarantine shields, but they don't cut off the door. Yes. The quarantine does half the room for no good reason. Yeah. Thank you. Like, so it, it quarantines that bed, but someone could walk in out of the, off the oh, corridor. The, yeah. And still, yeah. yeah, really weird. I mean, it's Worst a, quarantine ever. It's a very, well, I wouldn't say it's the worst quarantine ever, speaking as someone living in England at this precise yeah. moment in time. But, but yeah. Worst starship quarantine ever. There we go. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Uh, so yeah, weird. I mean, unless you really quickly programmed it, like quarantine everything except the dogs. I need to get out the door. Um, yeah. So yeah, just put the quarantine shield on this, yeah. this half, part of it. Half quarantine. Half quarantine. Um, may uh, I'll tell you why? Because what it'll have been is she'll have set it to quarantine mode unless you need an eye test because as we all know maybe she said maybe what she's actually done is quarantine them so their half ah, of the room is cut off clever could be i'm sure she says something else but i'll give you it she does say <laughs> anyway again it has to do it for for plot reasons yeah. but yeah but yeah so they escape and they get to do lots of shooty shooty running around and everything and should we get to the turbo lift then? Yeah, she sends like a coded message to Tilly. Yes. To let her know what to do. Which is all very nice, and I like that. And it's almost like, you know, Spock and Kirk, where they have the messages and yeah, in Wrath of Khan. I can send and you a message without saying what I want to yeah. you to do. And, and you'll know yeah. what I want you to and do. And to be fair, Which this, is fair enough. this is a bit better than Kirk and Spock's one, because they were like, you know, if we go by the book, Hours would seem like days. Like minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, awesome. so, I love that bit. So, yeah, and I love that can superior intellect <laughs> doesn't crack the code. Yeah, exactly. Can, can't work that one out. <laughs> do, you know, do you know one of my favourite ones of those as well is, have you ever seen the film Hackers? Yes. Oh, for a long time Painfully ago. 90s film. But there's one bit where this guy on the phone, he goes, uh, you remember where I, found, I hid that thing that time? You remember that place where I hit that thing that time? And it's just about, he yeah. just says it really quickly. And that's it. And that's how they find the thing. It's just brilliant bullshit. Yeah. It's great. So, um, yeah. So the turbo lift. Right. What's going on 
with the turbo lift. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what you've got to ask yourself is they're getting the turbo lift, and I I always assume they went through tubes in the ship. And I think they did yeah. traditionally. Uh, what you've really got to ask yourself with this is. What's happened to the rest of the ship <laughs> with how big this space is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And where has the rest of this space come from? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's... Ad- like, do you think when it's had its three-month refit... Yeah. It's had some of that TARDIS technology incorporated. Uh, could have been. <laughs> the <laughs> Enterprise episode. Either that Maybe. or they've made Discovery about a million times bigger... Than it was. No, no, they they they're showing them around after refit. It's like, well, Captain Screw, you you've updated to a quantum warp drive. You've got this, that, and the other. You've lost about twenty decks. Sorry, sorry, what was that? Ah, oh, well, we we <laughs> fitted the new turbo lift. You've lost about twenty decks. So yeah, what what we used to do in the old days of Starship design, and you know, obviously thirty second century technology, we realised how ridiculous it was, but. What what we used to do was we'd have a full floor and we'd fill it with rooms. Where, <laughs> whereas now, what we do is we, we have a massive open space and we have three rooms and we have an intricate system that connects you to them. Look, look the upshot is, Captain Strew, you've now allowed 20 crew members because that's all we've got room for. Yeah, because... Uh, well, no, it's... You know you've only got 98 crew members. Well, we've made this internal space we shrunk it to be the correct amount of internal space for that matter. yeah we, we don't want you having any rooms that are unnecessary when you could have nice hollow death star like yeah. corridors in here yeah. you're all you're all in one bunk and i tried to like justify this to myself going into watching this the second worse. time no this is actually worse than when they got the turbo shaft in star trek 5 how tall that is. It, on one and level... saying something. Or, yeah, or, on the level of how ridiculously big Discovery now appears to be, it is worse. But it's also better because this is happening in something that is not Star Trek V. So, you <laughs> know, there are... Better. I will actually give them this much. The one thing I did like that they'd set up, and I hadn't even noticed them setting it up, is the fact that when you do get the wonderful fights and you've got... Um, You've got like the female villain and the female protagonist, and yeah. then you've got the male villain, male protagonist. Like it didn't fit very neatly that you had those characters, and I didn't feel like it was pushed to set that up. No, no, you know, they got set up in yeah. different episodes, and then they ended up being together in the same yeah. scene, and it worked very nice. No, and I thought the action was brilliant, and the effects were brilliant, and everything. It's just the, it's just the ridiculousness of what appears yeah. to be the interior of the ship. Yeah, and like that, I think. I think the actual scene looks brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. As, as, a scene, as a scene to watch, it's a brilliant scene. I wish you spent as much time as they have on the effects of this as making some of the spats <laughs> yeah. look, look good. I mean... Or showing us them at all. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if they'd have been on the Death Star... This would have been fine. I'd have bought it. Possibly even the Enterprise D. Yeah. Now, where we have been jumping about, there's one thing I, I have. We got the bit where they go out of the. Uh, they have to dump the warp core yet. No, no we've no, not not quite got there yet. They, they, yeah, it's all so, round about the same time, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
so yeah, Michael's heading to the data core, and as you say, Buck gets to fight the the guy from episode two, and obviously he has his line about Grudge being a queen, which we all yeah, saw coming, but nice. it was cool. Yeah, happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, do you want to talk about the warp core then? Now we'll we'll cover that well, before yeah. we get to the Asira Michael fight. Yeah, because um, something which uh, Paul G brought up, uh, like, uh, you know, giving him a second name check on this episode, he was saying, he was messaging me earlier about kind of jumping the warp core and would they be able to still travel because they can't use a spore drive. Now, like Impulse, obviously, you have. But yeah. It does mean you are moving very slowly after you jump your warp core, right? Yeah. Light speed. Yeah, light speed. Full Impulse is the speed of light, so... That's... I mean, there is a, there is a, an effect to dumping it that if they're trying to make a quick getaway. Well, yeah. Well, they're going to use the spore drive. And yeah, it's the spore, the spore drive, drive isn't, isn't, it? isn't using warp technology. Well, that's yeah. That was my other thing because yeah, Paul said it's like doesn't it rely on the warp drive? But that's no, the whole point. In no, it, the it, whole it, point it is it's, it's, no, it, bizarrely bit, like a normal a normal um, Federation starship as we used to has a warp drive. And it has an impulse drive. So yeah. it has two. Discovery has three. It has a warp drive and impulse drive. And then it has the third one of the yeah. spa drive. Um, just taking care of separate. our listener mail for this Bi- week. Bizarrely. It's completely separate. Bit of bizarre trivia. This is the first time we've seen Discovery's warp drive. Yeah. Because yeah. Is that where we see the cat bite? No, the, no, we see it get no, ejected. Bit, no, that's oh, the data car. Um, that's the data right. car, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, usually engineering is a major set in any Star Trek series, and we see the warp car all the time, but this is the first it, time. Yeah, because it's speaks to them not has, Well, because it uses a spar drive. Well, that's made, the thing. That's it's, engineering. Yeah, we don't have a main engineer, really, but Stamets, okay. to all intents and purposes, fills that role. Can you imagine if you're the main engineer down in the actual kind of warp drive? Yeah. They're going like, I used to be the important guy around here. No. No longer, my friend. No, we've got got this super Like the Geordie or Spock of his generations there going like, Oh, then, with your bloody sports <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's he's, he's probably a genius, the main engineer on Discovery, but we, we've never yeah. met them. I mean, we, we he's literally... Like, I, I transferred from the Enterprise to this shit. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, almost like... Going... I wonder if uh, Tick's, like, become the chief engineer. I think pre- pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Sort of like they were trying to do in the first season of TNG, where there wasn't going to be... A permanent main engineer. It were, apparently it was one of Gene Roddenberry's ideas that was that with a ship this big, there's no one main engineer. It's it's several main engineers, and then I think they they just got bored of it, and for story purposes, were like we need to have a main engineer, and that's why Jordy gets. Promoted. And I think it makes sense to have <coughs> a, a chief engineer who's in charge of all different. Yeah, the sort they, of they, there would always so, be a... You, you'd have a you have any business, you have a CEO, don't you? You have someone who's at the top and it comes down a pyramid. Yeah. But... Also, also, it means you've got a random helmsman you can just get blown up every now and again. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, and so Owo detonates the bomb and everything and we find out the dot saves her. 
Which is nice. You know, I, I like... This is another one of them plots that I think we're going to get developed a lot more next season because it, it finished at the end of last episode. It's like, you're the sphere data, but we don't really do anything with that this episode. They're, they're, yeah. they're clearly trying to but help them. I feel like them. it's set up. It's definitely something they've set up there, having, yeah. it, having the classic movies, which is another Yeah, well, yeah. I think there's a lot. I think season four, it, as I've said, I think it could go if it wanted to very episodic yeah I think and it could. we could have and we and it'd give us the time to develop all these characters that we've had for three years without developing them i that'd be nice i personally don't see it going any more episodic than it has been this season uh just because i think that's the way they're gonna go with strange new worlds and i think discovery's yeah. already set its stall out now but you never know i, I still don't need it to be episodic i just need those characters yeah yeah episodes. i would like to see it um so another bit that's, and I think this is just an editing thing, but um, when they drop out of warp, they go, Asira, we've dropped out of warp. And she goes, tell the Viridian to encapsulate them or whatever. Literally, the next shot is the Viridian's like more closing on it. And it, bloody hell, it must have been right up its ass to be able to do that that quickly. Yeah, like it, it must have really reacted instantaneous to Discovery dropping out of warp. It must have gone... Yeah, she's she's Whoa, probably going to order us. She's probably going to tell us to swallow it. So let's get <laughs> let's get the jaws literally open around it, and then we can go full. But I mean, those viridians are fucking on it. I'm telling you, it, it is, don't fuck with the viridians. It is just an editing thing because it. What are you going to do? Have a really long sequence where it slowly approaches well, and gradually, but it just looks a little bit silly the way it's cut together. So it's like. Uh, tell them to swallow the ship. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Or maybe, as you say, it's just, you know, they're that efficient that they... Um... Viridians are expert in swallow ship technology. Exactly. So, Michael and Asira then. And it's a pretty cool fight. I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. I am. Can I just ask one question? Maybe I'm just being thick here. But the bit where she is pushing her into the um whatever it was the whatever su- it was the superman 3 why are bit? we meant to think that that was deadly it just seems so weird she pushes it into because we've like... all seen superman 3 yeah <laughs> well with her mum it's yeah it's um i've seen superman 3 so i just assumed it is i think this is gonna it. have it was deadly this is really you gonna into memory goo dead yeah of course because it gets I in guess. her mouth and she's got to spit it out and um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it looks deadly. It looks deadly. Yeah. You don't want to get pushed into one of them. I didn't get what it was, though. I didn't feel like the threat from it. I was like, um, <laughs> oh, she's been pushed into a something? Thing. Yeah, yeah, it could have maybe have like, done to have been introduced. Like I'm joking, but it really did remind me of Superman 3. No, it did. And I think there'll have <laughs> well, been... A... Again, which is Margot Kidder, which is... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, but yeah. to be fair, Margot Kidder does thing. very little in Superman Three. She'd kind of checked out by that point. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking she's in like two scenes or something in that one. But, yeah, yeah. I just thought it's funny. It turns no, out it is. You're right. I've not made that. Um, I've yeah, not I made that connection. Yeah, she goes up on vacation at the start of it. Yes, she does. Then she comes back. I've been to. I've been to Bermuda. Yeah, Lana Lang, the lovely, lovely Annette O'Toole. Um, who went on to yeah. play uh, Superman's mum in... Superman's mum, yeah. Oh, such geeks. Wheels within wheels. 
Um, yes, so. But yes, it will have triggered a lot of people's childhood trauma from that scene in <laughs> Superman 3 because visually, very much. And I like that when she shoots her out of the thing, it's just a headshot. There's no mucking about, like, boom. Yeah. Actually, isn't there a bit where she turns the keys as well? Also Superman 3. Which bit? Isn't there a bit where she's like, she turns the key on the thing? It just reminds <laughs> me of the bit where they've got to turn the two keys. Oh, the and both time. keys at the same time, and he's got the guy wired up, and yeah. See, yeah. I like There's Superman a bit where Burnham t- turns a key very purposefully. It just yeah. A bit like that, so maybe this is it. It's inspired by Superman 3. I'm starting to see it now. It should, there should have been a fight between good Burnham and evil Burnham. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. That would have been a better ending. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say while we're on the subject of Superman three, I like Superman three. It's not as good as Superman I, one and two, but it's, it's absolutely fine. as good as one and two. When it came out, I was really disappointed in it, but over the years, it's actually grown on me more. Yeah, it's fine, and I can I can go back and watch it and en- and enjoy it as yeah. a as a fun movie. And- you got Richard Pryor in there? Yeah. I'm down yeah. for it. But if either of you defends a quest for peace, I'm going to break quarantine to come over uh... there. I'm going to get to the north. Now, if you got the, four, the other 40 minutes... Yeah. It'd be even worse. It'd be a two-hour, ten-minute awful... <laughs> no. Quest for peace, right. Yes, it is absolutely abysmal. But I think... I think the, the only good thing is just how good Christopher Reeve was because despite how bad that film is, there's never a moment where he hams it up, he plays it tongue-in-cheek, he's absolutely committed to it, whether it's standing in front of the United Nations, which were filmed at a shopping mall in Milton Keynes, and telling him he's going to rid the world of nuclear weapons or fighting nuclear man who's just ridiculous but there's never a second that you question that he is superman and he's doing yeah. what he needs look, to do look, there, there, there may like chris marie may not have been over blessed with other parts that are memorable however i've not ever seen him in anything where i didn't buy him as now like i i love no, him. He's, he's one great. of those actors who was great in everything like was... superman he was born to play you oh, could give him the worst dog shit lines, and believe me, they did in that film. Yes, they and did. And he is Superman. Like the bit where he comes out, and it's nuclear man's like trying to kill. He's like, "Stop it, the people!" And where he rebuilds the Great Wall of China with his rebuild Great Wall of China vision. You know what? I'll even say I don't like the kind of uh, new Superman films, but Henry Cavill's got that. He is yeah, yeah, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's great. He just needs to do a Superman film that has nothing to do with Zack Snyder and he'll be absolutely fine. But anyhow... It needs to be in a Superman film first. Yes, that would be good. (laughs) Anyway, hashtag release the Snyder Cut coming out next year. um, Four hours long. This year, isn't it? Oh, this year, in fact. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up. Anyway, we we briefly... Superman cast... We we briefly wandered into our yeah DC uh, DC cast there. How did we even get onto that? Oh yeah, the um, being pushed because into the thing. Yeah, being pushed into the Superman three. So computer. yes, so, Super Colon Man the podcast. And then Michael reboots the computer, which at the end of the day, that's what you always need to do. Yep. And turn that, it off back and on again. Turn on again. Yep, and it works. And right, beam everybody off. Like okay. Yeah, like I still, 
Where was she beaming them to? Uh, she don't care. Uh, <laughs> anywhere. Like, anywhere. Like at this point, she she's heard Osiris give the order, have the Viridian capture us. I'm not mm-hmm. getting rid of losing this ship. But at this point, Michael doesn't know that she's inside the Viridian. No. As far as she knows, she's just in open... The Discovery is in open space, and she's given this order, beam all the regulators off Discovery. Yep. So she just beamed all of these people into open space. Well, I might, might I also add, this works in and the same magical way. And would it open space even on the Virid- inside the Viridian? Might, might I also add that this works in the same magical way as combadges work in the next generation? You don't need to tell them who you want to speak to. You just press them. It knows. Yeah. Like in this one, you don't tell the ship where you want to beam to. Just go beam them out of the ship. And the, the, the ship does not ask questions. It just beams them no, somewhere. No, that's all, that's all that needs doing. Beam well, them off the it, ship. I, like, I'm just wondering, has she just beamed up? Did, did she commit a war crime here? <laughs> and just beam all the regulators into open space. Uh, ah, well, maybe that's the thing. Like, if I don't tell the ship where to beam them, if it yeah. beams them into space, I can't be held it's, accountable. It's up to the ship. It's up to the ship. It's not my fault. Um, but yeah, the, the hey, look, look. I'd love, I'd love for your regulators to live, but the ship here, yeah, isn't the so ship, on that. ship did it. Regulators, great guys, great guys. The regulators got beamed into space. <laughs> um, so. There's yeah, good regulators on both sides. Yeah, good regulators. regulators we love you, regulators. but it's time to go home in peace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cyrus there. Go home in peace, regulators. Impeach Osira. Impeach you've been removed from the courier network indefinitely <laughs> for inciting various things. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so basically they, they get back to the bridge and Tilly... Seeds. I command. didn't start that one. That's what I'm going to say. I nope. did not start this one. No, you didn't. You carried it on though. Um, so yeah, Tilly seeds command to Michael. I'm okay with that in this context because yeah, Michael, goes, Michael is better suited. Goes, to, we need you to be in charge. Yeah, Michael is better suited to be in command at this and let's particular face it, moment it, it in even time. It works in plot wise. Like, you know, Tilly was only meant to have the con for a while on a low-profile thing. Or, well, yeah. a bit higher profile than probably they should have. But anyway, we'll bypass that. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. And Michael's good, you know. I mean, a plan, she goes all out. Like, okay, right, first order of business. We're going to eject the warp car. Like, <laughs> okay, how are we going to get out of here? I don't know. I hope this science guy's come up with something. But luckily he has. And I thought this worked. They clearly planned this being a thing from way back when they first yeah, introduced yeah. Book. When we first saw Book. And it yeah. absolutely works. It's like, yeah, he's empathetic with um, other species, other things. He can communicate with animals. the spores. Uh, but it, it doesn't just feel them. It can actually talk to them. Yeah. So brilliant. I thought that was really well done. It made perfect sense with everything that they've set up. It... And it's... I love it when they put something in we don't realise at the time. So subtly done over time. Yeah. That, they burn the shoe leather on. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And uh, I like that it doesn't work straight away. It takes him a few minutes to to get it done. 
Mushroom, lang- mushroom is a difficult language it to learn. It is a difficult language. <laughs> it is really and, and tricky. It, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that forced thing of like um so you said answer B. If you said answer right, you know, it doesn't seem like it's like spun out just for the sake of it. No. It's, it's yeah. a good reason that it would it's take It's good. A I mean, <laughs> part of the tension that's created is okay, we've ejected the warp car. Like, okay, well don't set it off. Until Buck's pretty sure that we can <laughs> that we can jump. This. No, no, no. We're ejecting it, and it's gonna blow. Is we're gonna do it straight away. And I like the yeah, way they play it. Thirty seconds to learn how to do this. Yeah. Book. Book's like I haven't even adjusted <coughs> the bloody arm things yet. Give me a sec. But as we know, and see, that's another brilliant little bit that we didn't realise was setting this up at the time. You have the thing of Adira saying, oh, I can take that thing off your arm, Stamets, and I can make it into these gel things. Yeah. And it, I didn't even think about that. No, but it was dropped in at the time. And, of course, if they hadn't have done that, but couldn't have done this. So, very yeah. well done. Very nicely and Let me just add, like, see, this is the thing. We don't just bitch for the sake of the bitching on retrack. No. We only do it when they... When they haven't put in the effort if they put this kind of effort that they put into this wonderful port line they've set up perfectly if they did that with everything else we would not like yeah no i mean they've put the little bits in as we've gone through the the season and not one of us gets this no and and let me add this it shows they can do it they obviously just don't want to the (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so I love the way they do it is we don't see them jump. Obviously, they're going to have jumped. We don't really believe that they just kill the entire crew. But it's cool that they don't show yeah, it. if they were going to do that, we could have let the Admiral do it at the start. Yes, exactly. Like I suggested. Um, so you get the big explosion and everything. Osiris defeated. And then we cut back to the planet and we get Sukal confronting his memories and... Everybody guessed this, that the, the traumatic memory was going to be the death of his mother. But to give them the dues, I don't think they're playing this like a gotcha moment. I don't, you know, I don't think the writers thought that this was going to be a mega shock, that this is what what triggered him to cause no. the burn. You know, I think it's I all think there. It's fairly I obvious. Played- I've, they've played it. We are intelligent. We worked out that yeah. it's something like this, and and it doesn't detract from the poignancy of the scene, having it or anything. And the guy playing him is perfect as well. We He's mentioned the Doug Jones yeah. is great. The guy who plays him wonderful. The only thing I would have said is when he goes like, "Did I cause the burn?" Which, by the way, I don't remember him ever being told about the burn. Uh, Saru tells did. him earlier on. Oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. Then. Yeah, but I think the one he, thing he which I would have done is like. Been rescued. I think that the one thing I would have done is when he goes, did I cause the planet? Let's get off the planet where you could explode the universe first. Yeah. Then we'll talk about that, maybe. Yeah. I For me, I was like, that's a bit of a jump that you've just worked that out. What he should have said is it'd have been like, did I cause the burn because I'm a polyped who's um, who's um, genetically interfaced with the planet and because dilithium <laughs> exists on subspace levels as well? When I screamed, it was at the correct frequency. If he'd have said that, we'd have been fact. Yeah, yeah, I think he and gets. I, I, I think the other thing for me is, as if if you're going to say that this guy is emotionally so fragile that for the rest of it he is um, kicking off at the moment's notice. 
when they go, yeah, you did cause the burn, but it's okay, you didn't mean to, and he has no kind of like bigger man promotion. Yeah, yeah. I think it's this yeah, thing. I'll let it go, but I think it's this thing of yeah. It, I don't think that was necessary either. Like he, we didn't need a revelation that he caused the burn. Like we need that revelation, but he doesn't. I don't think that particularly adds anything to it. It just seems like, well, we've got to put that in there um, to acknowledge it. For the satisfaction of the moment, I will give them that. And like, it didn't didn't detract for me. No. It's like, you didn't, like you say, you didn't have to put that in there. So why? Yeah. And again, I mentioned this last week, but uh, this really reminds me of the film, The Monster Calls, which... Um, if you've not seen it, go check it out. It's worth watching. It, it maybe check like the 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 trigger warnings on it and things because there's a lot of disturbing and upsetting subject matter in the film. So I'm I don't want to be sending anyone in there that it's going to traumatize. But that I don't want to get into too much how it links to it because that would give the game away for a monster calls. But it, there are very, very obvious similarities between Sakal and with that film. I think it was a book before as well. But anyway, um, so yeah, maybe check that one out. And obviously, Discovery turns up, gets them off the planet, and everybody's saved. Phew! Oh, we managed to do it. We managed to wrap it all up and everything. But um, as an end to the Burn storyline and the Osiris storyline, I thought, I think this episode does a really good job. Yeah, the arc of it yeah. I love. It's the individual kind of like yeah. uh, other plot points within the series. You know, they could have fleshed out more. But the overall arc, wonderful. Yeah. So let's get on to what's no doubt going to be the most controversial parts of the episode is where no. No. where we end <laughs> up. <clears throat> oh. right. I'm going to say this. I wonder if this ending was done... Before they knew they had a season four. I don't because think Because this so, feels like a series finale. A lot it of people have said like that. that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have said the same thing. And I think that is I've, also... I've actually been really good. I've avoided absolutely everything online until now. When you two started messaging each other about the episode, <laughs> I turned Messenger off. Right. Not to even see that. <laughs> the first time I've looked on Messenger is to get the link for tonight. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've been really... I've actually saved it all for tonight. I don't think they thought this was a series finale, but yes, it, it very much could be. So let's get into the ins and outs of it all then. So <laughs> yeah. first of all, Saru has gone to Kaminar to look after Sakal. Yeah. Plot-wise, I like it. Yep. It fits perfectly with what they're laying down. But it does tend towards what we've said all along. You've made Saru a captain. He's done perfectly. And then they sidelined him. I think this is a bit of a shame. It seems like his plot's been sacrificed for Burnham's plot. And it just... I don't know. I just love Saru as a captain. I do as I would well. have liked to have seen some more of that. And but... I hope they find a way of making him a huge part of the next series. I'm sure they will. Um, they've already I've said... I've not heard anything about Doug Jones leaving. That, no, so... he's not. The, Michelle no. Paradise has done an interview and said, you know, Doug Jones is not going anywhere. Saru is absolutely still a big I part of I just don't know. Without him being captain, though, I don't know what else you do with him. So you can make well, him that role, which I've suggested, which I think would be great, and it would be great. In it. But 
How do you, you then can have keep a, the weekly like, plot? Perhaps we've perhaps like I know that it's never happened to a character before, but Michael could fuck up somehow and get booted, <laughs> demoted. Well, oh, please, it wouldn't no. be the first time, oh, but I oh, think. No. And then Not we could again. have Saru back as captain. Oh, God. No. The one thing I did say is at least this means we're fucking done with uh, Burnham. Like, she's captain now. Let's just go with that now. Yeah. Like, at least we don't have to I stick think... around with her promoted, demoted. Yes, I think now we've got there, we're going to stay there. Um, in terms of Saru, and I credit this to Jeremy from the Star Trek Wars podcast, um, he's floated the idea that maybe Saru will become an ambassador. Because all the the best Saru moments have all been how he's worked diplomatically, like in Unification 3 with the, the lady from Nivar. And I can see Saru being a Federation ambassador because we know that Kaminar is part of the Federation now. So if Discovery... Is it, is it actually part of the Federation? Yeah, they said, yeah, they, they said it's joined it. Um, yeah, in a previous show, episode. Still the is it still part of it? I would guess so. We, we've not been told no. No, they yeah. did say we hadn't. They hadn't seen anyone from Kavanaugh for a long yes. time. So it's it suggests it's one of the um, disconnected worlds. Yeah, yeah. So the setup for next year, they've already sort of put a little bit of the marker out for Discovery is going to be taking Dilithium a cargo ship to now. Federation worlds and to non-Federation worlds. So it'd make a lot of sense if they're going to be contacting, first of all, contacting planets that were in the Federation and they want them back, and secondly, contacting non-Federation worlds to have an ambassador who's as good at it as Saru permanently on the ship. So I can see I like that, that being how they keep him. So he becomes Federation ambassador he becomes fe permanently. Senior Federation ambassador. Federation envoy. Yeah, permanently assigned to Discovery. And that way, it's just how they balance it out with them, with their kind of like uh, positions. Well, so yeah. Well, just, let's face it. When Discovery left, it was going on a transport run. They've made Michael captain mm -hmm. of a cargo ship. <laughs> yeah, effectively. But like, I mean, this is real answerable to her though. That just seems. I don't know. Yeah, no, that'll as be. A Federation envoy? No, he wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Think. He'd be in charge of like the diplomatic side of it. So. It, even in the original series, when there was an ambassador on the ship, they'd be ordering Kirk around. Kirk wouldn't always yeah, follow they, the they'd orders. They'd be in charge yeah. of the mission. But, um, yeah, so I think that could be an interesting dynamic. And I that. think you can keep this relationship between Saru and Admiral Silver Daddy Bear and Michael can still be the captain of the ship well, and everything. Well, that's the one thing I did say. I've I've been calling for like the spin-off show with Admiral Silver Daddy Bear and, and go. Shuru going off on a little mission together. I just want to see one episode, like, like well, a TV movie, a TV movie. Like, good, yeah. I know you're saying that it won't happen, but it is perfectly set up next year for Planet of the Week. It is, yeah. No, I and I, and I think we can still do that, but I still think there'll be an ongoing. There'll be an there'll be an overall line. plot twist. I I think the overall plot you go for now is them. You know, you can connect it, but have it separate at the same time. You know, have your cake and eat it too yeah. a bit. Where it's their mission to bring these disenfranchised yes. worlds, so worlds which have learned to exist on their own, even though they're part of the Federation technically, it's bring them back into the Federation. Yeah, in, I think uh, that's 
that's where we're going with it, definitely. And That'd be cool. A good moment is we get our friend with the budgie alarm clock. We finally find out that they've not just left him out on the... Yeah, he's reconnected. But all I wanted was him... All I wanted him to come up to and go, hello, yes, I've joined the Federation at last. Now let me tell you how my Federation budgie clock works. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, we needed to know. People need to know. I'm sure we're not the only ones to ask this question. We definitely are the only ones to ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to put out my feelings about Michael being the captain. I I am okay with it. I think that it was inevitable that that's where we were going. But I do question doing it right now this season after the arc that we've taken her on this season because yeah. we st- yeah. the end of season two, we've had two seasons and the arc has been mutineer to respected officer working her way back up to where she should be. And then instead of running with that, if we'd have come to this future and we'd have just had great Michael stories showing what a great first officer she is and how valuable she can be and all of this stuff, then you'd be like, Oh, absolutely. If Saru's stepping down, absolutely she should take that role. But this season, it's almost like the daring it's you given, to be okay with it. it. Like it's given, it's given us insubordinate, insubordinate Michael. Yeah. It's given us Michael who's been away for a year and doesn't know she belongs anymore. Yeah, it seems apathetic at times. Well, let's, go, let's let's say it like we said earlier on in the series. It's like uh, with all the Star Trek movies with um, Kirk, the the um, Kelvin timeline. I just want one of those films where Kirk wanted to be the captain. It's yeah. like the James Bond films. James Bond never wants to be in his position anymore, and it's the same thing with her. I just wanted her to want it, and but she gets it, and she never wants it, really. Yeah, just, yeah. Whereas, I think, done differently, we could have built to that place. And, you know, if instead yeah. of having that first episode where it's which one of us, you know, Michael or Saru is going to be the captain, and, you know, I'm not saying have Michael be really resentful, but have Michael acknowledge, okay, I've been away a year, Saru, you're the captain, but, you know, still having her being like, I wish that was me, you know, and... I, yeah, yeah, I wish I wish <laughs> that was me, but I'm going to get my head down, I'm going to be a first, good first officer. Yeah. The episode where they do the prison break, instead of a, being insubordinate, yeah. what you needed was, we need discovery, but we also understand that you have, that you need to do this. So I'm going to let you go off on book ship on a separate mission. Yeah. Just you and Georgia. I'm going to let you go on this covert mission separately. Yeah. Discovery could offer it without you. Yeah. And And at the end of the day, I said it before, she got promoted to be demoted. It it was just so Yeah, and it it just just didn't... Yeah, or even if you don't have her being demoted, you don't have her being insubordinate. You have a bit still being a good first officer. Or even if you'd not you put her as the first officer, the then you position. don't have to do the demotion. It, I no, mean, yeah, it, just don't do that. Again, I read a thing with Michelle Paradise and she said, you know, we were very clear when we were plotting out the season that we were going to end with Michael as the captain. So in order to get there, we wanted to take her as far away from it as we could so that when she gets back there, it's, it, it's more satisfying. Whereas... I'm sorry, but I think no, it's had the it opposite effect. 
it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd have made more sense if she'd worked towards it. I'm, I'm happy. That you could have still had, you could have still had a situation where Saru and Michael were on the ship, so somebody else was in command. Yeah, and it could have been Tilly left in command. Yeah, for Osiris to take the ship. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways you there's could have no done it. There's no reason that. That you had to demote Michael and to get Tilly to be first officer. Yeah. To be put in the situation where she, as first officer she fails. And the thing is, like, I'm not a Michael hater at all. I think, you know, we've no. talked about our issues with the character this season. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff about a character. And I do think she'll be a great captain. And I think that's the whole way the series was going. But it just doesn't feel right how we've got there this season. It yeah. feels like... Uh, and spoilers for anyone who's not seen the end of Game of Thrones, but one of the big complaints everyone had at the end of Game of Thrones was that everything seemed to happen too quickly with not enough character motivation. Whereas I feel if you take a step back from Game of Thrones and go, that character ended up there, that character ended up there, you can see the logic of it and you can see how everyone got there and it all feels right. But when you watch it happen on screen, there was a little bit of a disconnect, and I feel like that with Michael becoming captain now. I've I've got to credit it was actually Mike, Mark Bernardin on Fat Man on Batman um, or Fat Man Beyond. He said that um, like if you look at the points of what happened in the last series of Game of Thrones, none of it's bad, and yeah. that's what they got from George R R Martin is where everyone was ending up, but they just didn't know how to get them there satisfactorily. Yeah, that's finally, and that's ex- and the same thing here. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, and that that's why yeah. this with Michael reminds me. It's like she deserves to be sitting in the captain's chair, and it was inevitable she would be. But when they you took watch... her on this stupid journey yeah. to get there this season, but... yeah, there was a lot of more deft ways of doing it. You could have yeah. had her feeling distant, but not that she didn't want to be there. She didn't want to be captain. Like it just it, yeah. it felt, yeah. Uh, can we could just quickly, just because my, my iPad's got 9% left on it. Okay. But there's two things I want to get onto. One is, uh, I'm still the daddy bear. Now, when he's in her office, I want to say, my heart melted seeing him so gleeful. It was so <laughs> nice to see him. He was giggly. The man was giggly. He was. He was, was very great. happy. But I just want to question one thing. When he's saying about, like, oh, my kid, my kid was good at math. They still haven't learned to say S. In the, no. Yeah. Anyway, that, yeah. But anyway, my kid was good at math, but she used to like to draw math as opposed to doing math, and she'd do these drawings, and that was all fine. But they never explained how that worked. It's like they 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 set up that there was this different system, and they don't say. And she would do a picture like this picture would mean a hundred, and this would mean that, and they don't talk us through how these pictures make math. Well, that's because we're gonna get a a spin off with um, it'll be called silver daughter cub and it'll yeah. be all about how you do blonde daughter cub how, blonde daughter cub and how you do maths with pictures but but yeah it's one of them it's a nice story but like you say you're like well how does that mm. yeah because i love little stories i love these little kind of parallels and stuff and like Unless... when an admiral has a lovely lovely little speech to kind of draw yeah. the person who's done this great job but just have it make a lot of sense. Like, because, again, he was acting his socks off. I love how smiley and great he oh, was. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. You know, it, it was a wonderful characterful moment. Just the, the dialogue didn't really... Work. Yeah, I think 
he's he's got the measure of Michael now. He's like, oh, actually, she's going to be a bit of a Captain Kirk. Like, I'm going to have to give her a little bit more leeway than I would have liked, but, but she'll get the she's going to get things done. Yeah, and there's even a thing there where we've said before, like, you know, he started off as the Federation did. He's the embodiment of the Federation. They felt uh, very much uh, on the defensive. They even say that. And they've learned to actually enjoy, have the joy of space, yeah. have the joy of exploring, have the joy of what the Federation was meant to be as opposed to just defending yeah. the am the embers of it. Uh, and that's wonderful and it's gleeful. It's just it needed to be a little bit be better plotted for me or yeah. kind of like uh, scripted out that. Um, but it was a wonderful moment. And the other thing I was going to bring up is you get them finally in the futuristic uniforms when it possibly mattered the least. Yeah, so true. All through it, I've been saying they don't want them to be revealed that they're from the past. So what do they do? Yeah. Have them wandering around in uniforms which yeah. are 900 years old. That won't give the game way too much. I, yeah, now, now you feel that, like the whole universe is warm to them because they've saved the day. So they yes. probably forgive that they're from the past. And then they're in the uniforms. I mean, it's obviously yeah, it setting it up strange. for next season. Like, we've got again. Like, well, why didn't you have the uniforms after the three-month refit? Because I the... mean, yeah, exactly. Don't get me wrong. If you're going uh, out on Starfleet us, missions. For us, I understand why we want to see that at the end of the episode. For us, it's brilliant. It looks great. It's very dramatic. But in the world of the show... Yeah, I mean, the record, that's sense. it. It's it, it's a decision made for the audience's benefit, not the story's benefit. Um, it kind of annoys me a bit. Though... I'm not sure if these are going to be the uniforms they'll have next season. Um, well, I think they will. Ju just because I don't particularly like these uniforms, for one. They look the a little... The motion picture, aren't they? Yeah, but also, yeah. they're also very crystal maze. Um, well, I was thinking of how uh, in the original, the, the first movie, they had those uniforms. And then as a nice nod in the Kelvin movies, you've got uh, Pike has one when he's yeah. retired, basically, to, to Admiralty. And that was a lovely little nod, um, but I don't know if I want to see them as the main uniform. They do. No, and I I don't know. I might be making this up, but if you watch it, watch that last scene closely. These uniforms look a little bit baggy on some of the the actors, and I'm wondering, you know, maybe they've not like super made them really tailored and everything. A bit like how. Jonathan Frakes ah. had to wear Avery Brooks's uniform in Generations, um, which really? is why yeah, it's why he's always yeah. got his sleeves rolled up. They because just make another one. No, they they only had budget to make Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart one. So Levar Burton, really? yeah, Levar yeah. Burton's got Chief O'Brien's on, and um, <laughs> Frakes has got. So well, I, how hard up were they? So, well, yeah, but I'm wondering if this is a case of they're they're wearing uniforms that were worn by extras. In the background, ah. so they're a bit ill-fitting because they're thinking... It's just uh, They're thinking, yeah, it, it'll do for one scene and then we'll do a redesign in between seasons. Also, I, I could see the re the plot reasons for this, why they would have a new uniform, because it's like, <laughs> right, we're the Federation, we're back again. New uniform. That yeah. makes sense to the world. Yeah. So, like, we want to show the Federation off as being as pretty as possible. And plus, also, the other thing which you made me think of is it's kind of like when in the... the um, classic movies when they settled down on a uniform and it was the wonderful red tunic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's face it, it was a bit flattering to some older people who had a bit of gut. <laughs> yes, it was indeed. You don't need this. They're young, fit people. We don't need them to have baggy uniforms. So, last couple of bits to touch on then. 
Uh, Michael has a catchphrase, which is, let's yep. fly. Let's now, fly. she was keeping that under a hat when Saru <laughs> was going through this. I'm looking for my catchphrase. Like, I'm not telling him mine. So if no, I ever I, do... I can't think of any. No, no, Saru, I haven't got anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if I get that thing, I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. You, even, you even said it to Tilly. It's like... Yeah. Don't tell Saru, but I got. Does it? I've got. I'm not even going to tell you. It's that secret. Yeah. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to write it down. I'm going to put it in this envelope, and then <laughs> just to prove that I actually thought of it. But I've got one, and if I tell Saru this, it'll be captain for the rest of eternity because it's the coolest catchphrase. But I'm not gonna because I'm saving it for me. And you did after she said, "Let's play." She just typed on a console something over to Tilly. Just goes. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it is almost like a slap in the face to Saru, isn't it? Like, oh, really? You can't think of one. Let's fly, you know. But yeah, I like it. I like it. And then uh, now the missed opportunity. She could have just gone slalom. She could have just gone slalom. Yeah, every Brooks. Um, when they go to Black Alert, though, instead of saying Black Alert, she could say Let's book if Book's controlling it. <laughs> And then he can jump. I, I thought this was quite interesting, actually. And they don't address it in this episode at all. But we've now found out Book can use the spore drive. And the only reason they haven't duplicated it is that they couldn't duplicate Stamets. Mm-hmm. But now they've got this entire... What's his species called? Quagon? Quajon, yeah. Quajon. So that species... Uh, they did say it's even rare on his planet for, to be. Yeah, they did. Okay, but well, like his brother but, could do it. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to have X amount of people from Quajon. <laughs> if it's 1% of the population. Like, oh, yeah. No, there will, the, will be a lot of job opportunities going to that yeah. planet. Um, so, but the opportunity is there for the Federation. Definitely. To have. Uh, to have more than one spore drive. Absolutely. Which makes it even more ironic that all Burnham's been given is a delivery <laughs> job. <laughs> I, I'm just hoping that the planet which Book's from doesn't suddenly go, it's like, uh, no, we're going to be free from the shackles of the Federation. We're not going to go into this massive union of planets. We're going to have our own sovereignty. We're going to make our <laughs> yeah. own laws. We're not going to avail ourselves of the massive opportunity that this huge Federation affords us can't think of any parallels of course no of course not <laughs> uh and then we finish with that title card for with a quote from gene roddenberry which in the interview with michelle paradise she said that's something they added in post-production because they were like you know it wasn't planned to finish with that quote but it was like you know what people need an uplifting quote this year of all years and you know fitted perfectly and it's about connectivity which exactly. the series really has been about and the fact the federation's been so sporadic and now it's connecting again yeah and it fits with our times where we're so disconnected by absolutely evil virus and if yeah. anything yeah. it's particularly appropriate to this season that we've just recorded because it literally talks about connecting with two other people, which all three of us have done in these recordings. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice fitting end to, to the season. Do you season. think she's been watching the show? Possibly. She's like, I'm going to put this one in for retrack. Could have been. Could have been. Well, if really? you are, Michelle, yeah. drop us a line. We didn't mean all the things we said about Michael's arc <laughs> not being plotted out very well. 
Um, and I wasn't telling you to suck my dick, honestly. Like uh, th- that's a back reference for anyone who didn't watch. <laughs> yeah, anyone who listened a couple of weeks ago. No, the person who you said that to is no longer listening. That's the. No, I don't think they will again. I like, yeah, that's I it. That was that was they, our... didn't, they didn't reply to any more messages. That that, that was our big that. sponsor, and they they've quit now. So never mind. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna have to set up a GoFundMe. But anyway, joking. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and of course the classic. And we had you done the classic, yeah, yeah, the classic, classic theme music. Tune. They've done that all three seasons, though. Um, that seems to be Discovery's season finale thing that it does, uh, but it's always been appropriate. Season one finished with the Enterprise appearing, and season two finished with Pike and the Enterprise going off on missions. So, yeah, if anything, this season and this is fi- and this has finished with Discovery going off on the delivery run. Yeah, it has. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, One disco- thing I just like to and she's going to get some ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but it's the international equivalent of Deliveroo, the the future yeah. equivalent Deliveroo. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I will just throw out there, just as like a bit of a series wrap up for me, is that um, this is for everything else, like good or bad, I could say about this series. One thing I will definitely say, which is good, is that there's never been a series of um, Star Trek since the Next Generation when they've so boldly if you'll excuse the pun uh chosen to uh set it in a new time yeah like and we we really broke new ground in this we really felt like you were somewhere you hadn't been before yeah the first time in a long time in star trek there were no rules of what they could they could and couldn't do well, that was it like a, from being the federation i yeah. think i said back in one of the early episodes that this is the first time watching star trek and i can't remember how long that I've not sort of known everything about the universe and it's been a, if you'll pardon the pun, but it's been a voyage of discovery to actually find new things out, you know, so... It and I feel been... like they've gone to a next generation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... I, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I, and again, like, just because um, just it's something which I said a lot at the beginning and I think understandable to these times, I was in a bit of a fragile position, which I think we all feel a little bit still to, to this day with all the lockdown and everything. But during the first lockdown, to hear the Federation had gone away, oh, that was that was difficult <laughs> to, to, to hear. But it built to something so satisfying. And uh, thank you to the uh, writers of Star Trek uh, Discovery for giving me something so hopeful which yeah. came out that uh, moment, which was really difficult. Uh, uh, genuinely difficult. I know it's a TV show, but genuinely no, difficult. No, I totally agree, but I think we've got more to come of the, the hopeful side of it. Um, I yeah. think, obviously, we could talk about this all night, but we'll we'll wrap it up there. Um, what have we got coming up on the Doctor Squeeze show this week? Well, on the Doctor Squeeze show this Thursday, 8 till 10 o'clock, We've got um, the actor Michael Fenton Stevens. Now, you might not recognize the name, but he was the holiday rep in Only Fools and Horses. He, he, KYTV, which was a, a huge TV show here in the 90s. And he's been in any TV show you care to mention, he's been in. He's one of those wonderful actors. And uh, second time he's been in the show. So uh, we're going to catch up on some more of his doings. And uh, I'm not sure about the second tier guest, but that's getting sorted out for the moment. Excellent. And we'll be back. I think we're gonna. We we're assuming that Prodigy's gonna be the next show uh, that's released. So we're much to my delight. We're gonna be taking a look back at Voyager and looking well, at the character look at of Janeway. Some of Janeway. Um, we haven't got a date, so 
we might do throw some other things in yeah. there as well. Depends how There's long. There's a couple which we might have um, sent to the archives, which can be. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of episodes banked. It, that's if my PC recovers from from its yeah. latest yeah. trauma. And, and I will say, uh, um, over the next couple of weeks, I'm actually we're just due to move house. Um, we just uh, sorted out signs. Oh, fantastic! So. So it's actually quite good timing because, like, God knows when I'm going to be able to just... I'm going to be recording stuff very quickly as we go <laughs> over the next few weeks. So as much as I love doing a better retrack, it's it's, it's a good time for... Well, you're welcome back be, uh, on the show it, anytime yeah, it, you like. It's been, uh, it's been uh, really nice of you to host us. Yeah, and it's been yeah, great fun. What, uh, three months? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I've been... needed this, guys. I've no, really it's been great. Lockdown, so thank you. It has... Um, we're not sure if we'll be streaming or not. No, we're going to have a look week. at it. As I say, we're going I to have think, a look at it. Uh, as I say, I think I'm going to have to go out. It might not go out quite like this. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go buy a new laptop probably tomorrow. So um, we'll see. Uh, so we will see you when we see you with the next episode. But um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, uh, we're on Twitter, unlike certain presidents at retrekpod <laughs> where you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com or come and join us on the Facebook page just search for retrek yeah, some presidents haven't got one of them either nope, that is absolutely true <laughs> um, we've had a couple of new members recently uh, so welcome let us know what you think and um, thanks for trekking with us this season uh, we'll see you next time on the retrek thank you bye bye